Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside my good friend, Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. Hello, brother. Welcome back, Pete. How are you? Welcome back, too. I'm to good, man. I'm good. Super Bowl is set, my friend. Are you excited about some football? Yes, I am, but I'm also about mostly about Taylor Swift. I know, right? Yeah. That's what I, I tuned into Sports Center last night, and all they talk, talked about is I wonder if Taylor has a shower on her private jet so she can get back from Tokyo in time to see her boyfriend play football. Really? That's what they talked about? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh. This um kind of but gets... you know it's like you know MTV used to do music videos yeah yeah well ESPN used to talk about sports oh my gosh I mean if there's <laughs> anything that you would want to change is that is politics and sports or just um... anything other than sports I don't know it's uh the world has changed but it was so funny as this week you posted this funny like I don't know what what do you call it I'm not a meme but you posted this funny kind of uh Taylor Swift joke yeah, yeah just using using lyrics from some of her songs to make a little post about yeah. and all the hate man like the response <laughs> from it was hilarious when I first read it I first read it I'm just like cracking up going wait what what in the world am I reading and because it came from you so I'm just trying to think it through but then I caught on I was like this is kind of funny and um I liked it. I don't know. But people got all political on it. They're like, oh, you can't support Taylor Swift. She's the demon or something. I don't know. This is the world we live in. Yeah. And then then what was some other posts were like, well, I like her music and I'm, I'm a Swifty or something. And then yeah. some would be like, I can't stand her. And I just I hate the cheese because of her. And, and you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think I got I got hate from the right because they're like, well, she's a lefty and you can't. Yeah. It's nothing to do with their politics. Yeah. I know. We're supposed to hate people that don't agree with us 100% of the time. The context was, you were saying, it was why all the hate? That's what it was. Why are so many people hating on her? People like, you know, Baltimore, please take us out of our misery. And, you know, all of it. Just please, guys, just play the game. And the moral of your message was what? What was the main purpose of it behind it? We just love people regardless. Uh, uh, Like, I'm sure, you know, if. If I could have a, you know, a conversation with Taylor Swift, I'm guessing there's a lot of stuff that we wouldn't agree on. Yeah. But I'm not going to hate her because she's pro-vaccine or pro, you know, whatever. But there's a lot of stuff that you can get along with. with her. I'm sure there is. Of course. I'm sure there is. Of course, with anybody. It's just weird. I mean, I it just, the attacks are just crazy. So anyway. It's like, it you, you put them really. But now she's in the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> and we're going to see a lot more about her. But the big thing was you were you were getting at is seeing people the way God sees them. Yes. And and not really, you know, focusing on what the world is saying. And so I think you even made a comment like, I don't know what Google says. Let me let me check it out or something like that. <laughs> and so you looked up, you know, you looked up Google about I think there was this demons or whatever yeah. they were saying about her. But I guess there's maybe a, a skit or one of her songs in one of her concerts or something has kind of got some dark um it might be Des. I, I mean, don't I've I don't never know. been to her shows. So. Yeah. And and in defense, I mean, I use ChatGPT to get the the the, the lyrics too, so I, I don't know all of her songs. I I was a fan early on. Her first album, I yeah. thought was a genius, and you know, she's a there's a 15 year old kid writing all these songs. Right. I was blown away. Yeah. But that was what 30, 20 years ago, right. a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I guess she has 10 albums now. These are some of the things I've learned over the last few days. 
I mean, there's probably, I don't know what people's thoughts are, but I mean, does it help the game that they're really exploiting this relationship between Taylor Swift and Kelsey or I don't know. I mean, is it, or is it hurting it or what's, I mean, why is that's what that, I guess that's what you were getting at is why the hate What is this, is this better if this not? I well, mean, I, I think some of it's just jealousy. I mean, she's a very talented, very rich. She's a billionaire. Yeah. And so there's just there's a segment of the population that's just not going to like her because she's successful. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's people on the opposite political spectrum of her. They're like they're not going to like her because they don't agree with. It. But nobody, I don't agree with my wife a hundred. Right. If we're going to just hate people because we don't agree with them a hundred percent of the time. You're not going to have very many people you can talk to. Yeah. I just, I mean, for her personally, what I've, I've heard a few songs by her and I think, and I like those songs that I think that I've heard by her. Because <laughs> well, I've asked like, people. And albums now. I didn't know. Oh. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, I don't know. I thought I liked kind of the sounds. And then I heard some of the words, I think. And for the most part, they were pretty good. Um, it, but it, as you can hear, I'm not a very expert in Taylor Swift, but I mean, from what I've heard of her songs, I liked them. So I don't know. That's my take. And I'll love her to Jesus. That's it. There you go. And it doesn't matter to me if she's dating Travis Kelsey or not. No, no. And, but I'm I hope he, I hope he knows Jesus too. But who, with that said, who, who are you going to pick in, in the Super Bowl? Would you like the 49ers or you like the Kansas City wow. Chiefs? Um, I, I mean, we thought the Detroit was going to win. Now, who do I think's going to win or who do I want's going to, I don't, well, that's a good choice. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, statement. I, I really, yeah, I really thought the Lions were going to beat yeah. the 49ers. And it, it looked like it, it sure looked like they, were going yeah. to. they They blew that game. I, I think that just shows you the 49ers though. They're pretty resilient. Yeah. To come back. They're a pretty good team. They're a pretty good path. team. Um, I don't know. I, until somebody beats Kansas city, I think it's Kansas city. I think so too. I want the 49ers. Do you? Well, I mean, my story is I'm a Southern California boy and anything California we would support for the most part. NorCal, it's a little bit different, but we would just support. But back in the days when Joe Montana was there, you know, Ronnie Lott, all those guys. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. I mean, that was what well, a Ronnie Lott later. What a team. Yeah, that was just good stuff. Bill Bill Walsh, you know, was a coach. Well, you know what I do like is uh, San Francisco's quarterback came out and was just giving God all the glory yeah. at, at the post game. Yeah. So, Purdy. Purdy. He was being pretty. Purdy. He was Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was, that's always impressive. So I'm. Um... Yeah. We like that. That's kind of like what I was um, uh, with the, who was playing the Houston, that Houston. Stroud guy. Yeah. 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 He's the same way. Yeah. Very outspoken about yeah. his faith. Yeah. We like that. Unashamed. Part. But they Unashamed. had that on both sides. I mean, both, both sides have, Strong believers oh, that pray together. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, we're not going to say, oh, we like this person because, I mean, this is what Christians do. <laughs> I like this person because they're faith and I don't like this person because they don't like this. God is yeah. rooting for we this team. We can't vote for Kansas City because Taylor Swift's on there and the Chaz oh. and they're so liberal and da, da, da. But we have to go for the, I mean, that's not how God looks at that. Yeah. I didn't even realize yeah. that they were that liberal when I made that post. Like, oh, really? I found out afterwards really quickly. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, then Google. Then he looked it up on Google. Are they? Are they political? Like, all right, whatever. Sorry, guys. Anyway, what Anyways. you hear on Riot Podcast is we don't see things the way the world sees them. We try not to. We we still fail. I mean, we stumble, but yeah, for the most part, we we look at things a little differently. We have it's a kind of the different point. glasses. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the point. What else is going on in your life? 
a lot. Yeah, you had an adventure yeah, last week. We had lots of adventures. <laughs> Which one do you want to know? <laughs> I was, the cruise adventure. Oh, that was How'd fun. that go? Yeah. Hello, uh, Diwa, if you're going to be listening. There you go. Yeah. That's our uh, our waiter at our main dining time. He's from Indonesia? Indonesia. Very How you cool. doing? So we talked about life and how things are going. And um, he shared with me his Hindu faith. And I shared with him a little bit about Jesus and told him to read the book of John. And uh, Good place to start. Yeah. If so, you want to know about Jesus, read the book. That's good advice for all of our listeners. Yeah. If you want to learn more about well, Jesus or who he is. I mean, my question was, have you heard of Jesus? He's heard of Jesus, but he didn't know anything about really Jesus. And he wanted me to give kind of a synopsis and overview. So I did, and I shared with him that. But then the biggest thing was, um, I just told him, if you really want to know exactly who he is, the Book of John does a really good job at uh, bringing that to life. And it was nice that we got to go through it, you know, the whole book and dissect it, you know, not too long yeah. ago. But it's my favorite biography of Jesus. Really, it's perfectly done. Yeah, explains everything. But that was it. That was fun. So we got to we got to take my son-in-law to Jamaica. His his family, yeah, his his family originally from Jamaica. That's cool. And um, he's never been. So I was like, hey, let's go there. That was fun. And you got to take your grand granddaughter. And we, who's getting big and cute and she's adorable. We got to uh, watch her the whole time. So it was nice. <laughs> you were a watcher. Oh, that's a different show. I was Papa the whole time. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was a great time. I mean, it was good. And then you were getting you were ready going, to go on a cruise. You were getting ready in two weeks. Right? I'm taking my uh, beautiful wife, Crystal, yeah. to celebrate her birthday. And uh, we're going to be there for Valentine's Day, which happens to also be her birthday. I can't hear. I can't wait to hear about how you share Jesus with your your people. I don't speak Indonesia, but we'll do our best. Yeah, I can't wait. They all speak a little bit of English. No, they spoke English. Yeah. It speaks fine English, but it's it's just you ask the questions and you build the relationship and you just see where God takes it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the Holy Spirit lead. Yeah. So, guys, we're going to be waiting to hear. Bob's testimony <laughs> of how he shared the faith yeah. on the on the cruise. But I'm not gonna force it. No. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go where God takes me. Yeah, but just be be present to be go. available. Be open. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to do a show today? Yeah, that's a good one. What do you want to talk about? Uh the perfect will versus permissive will. What? Yeah. There's two different wills? Yeah. People ask that, look at that, goes, what is the perfect will versus permissive will? Well, guess what? Today that's we're what gonna, we're gonna uh, talk about. We're gonna get into it. Oh, we're well, going gonna to get into Genesis 16, one right. through 16. Well, let's pray first, and right. then we'll dive into right. that. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to talk about you, Lord. And we thank you for the, our listeners. Thank you for this, this podcast and how you've blessed it, Lord. I ask that you continue to use it. Uh, be with Pete and I today as we discuss uh, Genesis 16 and, and talk about uh, your perfect will and your permissive will. And what, what does that mean and what's the difference? Lord, I, I pray that our words would be your words and that you would use this podcast in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so this week, we're going to continue, because uh, we were in John, Genesis 15, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And um, and so this will be John, Genesis 16 as we progress through the book of Genesis and unpack it. But we're also going to be doing one-off shows where we're kind of, kind of you know, look at like the profiles so we did one on Sarah. I think it was last week. We did a profile just on Abraham, just to really expand a little bit more into the characters that are in the Bible, into the people. And then I think next week also, we're going to, we're going to look back again on Genesis 15, what we talked about. One of the things we talked about was um, 
that uh, God went in and he wiped out everybody, right? So he went into the land and he wiped out, he killed women and children and whatever. But we're going to expand, I think next week, it'll be a really good show. We're going to expand into listening to uh, why did he do that and what happened? And so we're going to kind of break that down. Um, He's not a bad God. He's a good God. And so we're going to kind of explain, you know, where that came from. And then another thing that we wanted to just share with our listeners before we get going is if you are looking to be discipled or want to be discipled, um, reach out to us um, just because we can take you through either our nine step curriculum or a keys to being set free curriculum through natural discipleship. And Bob and I are, are would love to do that. And so if you are um, wanting to uh, be discipled or looking to be discipled and you're listening to this, um, you can go on to naturaldiscipleship.com or you can just go to the riotpodcast.com and then just select, um, you know, contact us and get, get a hold of us and we will get back to you as soon as possible. Anyways, that's the kind of the, what is that? Like the, what did they do that before, before, um, church, they give announcements. Yeah. That's our announcements. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. As Pete has already shared, the title of today's show is perfect will versus permissive will. Um, Genesis 16 records a painful detour that Abraham and Sarah made in their walk with God. A detour that brought conflict not only in their home, but also into the world. What today's journalists call the Palestinian-Israeli conflict began there. But this account is much more than ancient history with modern consequences. It's a good lesson for God's people. A lesson to learn the difference between walking by faith in God's perfect will versus God's permissive will. Today, today's reading we will, will teach us that. Waiting on God to fulfill his promises should be done in his timing and in his way. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of, let's just give a definition of what is a God's perfect will versus God's permissive will. So God's perfect will is when God directly wills a thing to happen or not to happen. This takes our patience and obedience. We must hear God's voice in our life to walk in his perfect will. His perfect will ultimately will turn out for our good. So we must know that. But when when God's permissive will, he chooses to permit many things to happen that he takes no pleasure in. God's allowance of certain things, even sinful things, that indirectly accomplish his will is often called God's permissive will. So we're going to walk through that throughout this show, God's perfect will versus God's permissive will. But so God's perfect will in my own life would be when um, I am, I am, I'm wanting to make a decision, but I don't know the right way to go. Right. Um, or I don't know exactly what's going to happen. So God tells me to be still and know that I'm God. And so I would be still, I will wait upon God. I will wrestle with God at times, trying to work out my salvation and try to learn why he's not answering my prayer or why something is not taking place, but I will not act upon it. I will stay put until God opens the door, right? Until God moves in a certain way. And God makes things overly obvious to us. It's, it's you know, let me just give a story of my, my daughter. So my daughter's been struggling for the last three months trying to find a job. She, in her mind's wrestling with trying to make things happen, trying to figure out how to get a job and so forth. But she knew that she needed to wait upon God that God had the right job at the right time in the right way. 
and that she just needed to continue to pursue him, love him and, and go. And then she posted um, a post the other day and she was just emotional and so forth that, that all in one day, God provided her with three job offers and she's been trying for three months. And in one day she got three job offers and she was emotional. And she just said, God's timing is perfect. He knows. And, and then that's, so that would be her waiting on God's perfect will. A permissive will would be she would try to figure it all out and she would go make it happen and it would be her effort. It would be her standard. It would be what she wanted. It would be everything that she would take charge of it, right? And then God would look at that and say, well, that wasn't my per per perfect will. And then you will face calamities in that. You're going to face certain issues. There's going to be some heartache. There's going to be some tension. There's going to be things that are not going to be exactly right when it's in God's permissive will. But eventually you say, God, forgive me of my sins. And then God still works all things together for our good. But you have to repent from walking in the permissive will versus the perfect will. The permissive will is you taking charge, where the per perfect will is God's getting glory. He's the one that's in charge. There, there's a difference. And the permissive will is God is still going to bless you because you're his child, but it's going to take effort on your part to repent and to get yourself back in to God's will, even though you're on a path that wasn't his perfect will. You're still going through the path. Eventually, he's going to have to recorrect you, but it's going to take some heartache and it's going to take some issues through that. And that's what we're going to be studying today. So it's like GPS. Like GPS is going to tell us perfect way to go there, but there's other roads that we could take and then you know maybe drive through a speed trap or some potholes or something like that. We may still get there, but there's going to be consequences yep. because we didn't go the the best way. Yep. And so this is really good. So, so for our listeners to listen, you, you're going to hear real life story of Abraham and Sarah of them making those choices, you know, the permissive will versus God's will, and then the consequences that come with it. And so as you're listening to our show today, work this out in your own life. Look at your own life. Are you walking in God's perfect will or are you walking in your, in God's permissive will? And if it's in permissive will, you're making your decisions, but you need to repent so that God can have his way with you again. And so we'll talk about that as we go through. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's read uh, Genesis 16. We're going to read, uh, let's start with verses one through six. Yeah. ESV. ESV. Yeah. Now, Sarai, Abraham, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. Okay, key words here before you go on. Yep. Um, to go into her means have sex. Okay, so that's what that means. You're going to clear that up first. Yeah, and then here's the key word. So she she's physically saying verbally saying that to be a wife okay that that's a big deal we'll discuss that later okay. and he went into hagar and she <laughs> conceived and when she saw that she had conceived he looked with contempt on her mistress and sarai said to abram may the wrong done to me be on you i gave my servant to your to your embrace and when she saw that she had conceived she looked on me with contempt may the lord judge between you and me but Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. So we see both sides wrong there, and we're going to get into all of that. But both sides, one side is contempt, the other side is dealing harshly. 
So, all right, let's break this down. All right. Statement one. In verse one, Abraham is now 85 years old. He has been walking with the Lord for 10 years and had learned some valuable lessons about faith. God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child, but had not told them when the child would be born. It was a period of waiting. And most people, like me, don't like to wait. Hebrews 6, 12 says, but it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promise of God. Yeah, what a powerful verse. Uh, I mean, think about that. Hebrews 6, 12, but it is through faith, so believing in God, waiting on God, and patience that we inherit the promises of God. But God has a perfect timetable. We ha- we have to just understand that for all that he wants to do. So God is in charge, not us. God knows the next steps. We don't. God wants us to live in our moment. He wants to thrive in the moment. He wants us to walk moment by moment daily with him. He wants us to have eyes to see, ears to hear. Um, and he knows the timetable. We are just living according to his big plan, right? But this event was not the birth of just another baby. It was a part of God's great plan of salvation for the whole world. So this is like, hey, through your line, through this lineage, I'm going to bring Jesus, the Messiah, to save the whole world. But however, as Sarah's waiting for something to happen, she became impatient. So she didn't understand that. Just like us, when circumstances are happening in our life, we don't understand it. God tells you something. Maybe God shares some truth to you. Maybe an area that he's taking you or something is happening. And it's like, it's not materializing. You know, why is it not happening? What is going on? And so you're tempted to want to make it happen. You're tempted to want to take control over it. Maybe you did hear from God. Maybe it's something happened, but now it's not materializing the way that you thought it was supposed to, or it's not happening quick enough or whatever that is. Now you're operating in God's permissive will. Now you're operating, you're you're separating yourself from God's perfect will, and you're putting yourself in a position where there's going to be problems. And we just saw a little bit of the problems. We're going to dissect that a little bit more. But you have to understand, if you're doing it on your own, you're going to face problems. If you're doing it with God, you still might have problems with God, but if God before you, who can be against you? There's a different element. There's an anointing. There's a backing. Without God, you're doing it on yourself. You're like, God's like, hey, I love you. I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you, but you're going to figure this out and you're going to have to face, reap what you sow. So that is, that's what's happening here. All right, let's go on. So why do you think God took so long? That's a great question. I mean, think about it. He wanted Abraham to Sarah to be physically good as dead. That's what it says in Hebrews 11, 12, so that God alone would get the glory, right? So it's like he was, he's basically saying, look at my daughter. Let's go back to my daughter. He was, he was saying, God, are you going to praise me, Brianna, no matter what? Are you going to wait upon me? And am I going to be glorified? And, and man, was she just humbled and gave God glory for what he was going to do? It's the same thing here. God knows what he's doing and he wants all the credit. But what happened with Abraham and Sarah is they wanted the credit. They wanted to take charge and they ended up doing that. And that's why that's why Hagar and, and, and Abraham got together and they had a baby and it's like, all right, I did my job. And God's like, that's not what I told you to do. I never once told you to go to Hagar. You know, I just said, I'm going to provide that. I'm going to do that. It's not your effort. You have to wait upon me. So I believe that he just, that, you know, as the Bible says, he wanted them good and dead. So he gets the glory. He did not want Abraham and Sarah to take credit for their effort. He wanted the glory. So you have to understand everything that God does is for his glory. Everything that he does is good. 
It's perfect. It's righteous. It's it's above reproach. It's love. It's gentleness. Everything. If it's if it's flesh, anger, bitterness, selfishness, animosity, bitterness. If it's done in 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 greed, pride, any of that, it's not of God. So if you're making an action and there's that built into it, then you could probably pretty much testify that it's not what God would want. What were you thinking? I was just thinking it's a, it, it's a trust issue. Yeah. It's like they couldn't. They couldn't see like this is impossible. Like yeah. in our minds, like, oh, yeah. there's no way this can happen. God, God, maybe we missed something. Yeah. You know, maybe God, we just missed part of what He was trying to tell us. So let's try to make this happen on our own. Yeah, she's ninety and he's ninety nine or something yeah. like that. Before they had a baby, I mean, that's just. Nuts. I mean, I can't comprehend this. Can you no. imagine your wife saying, you know, hey, take take this young, this younger. Well, lady. but you can understand it's the a cult- different culture. The I know. culture was totally and multiple wives, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's just it was still bizarre. Yeah, and I think that it was because there's probably more men than we- or more women than men um, back then, and I think it was just a cultural thing because some of these women, we talked about this on past shows. Some of the women might've been homeless. They might've had places to live, whatever. And so the guys would take them in to help them. I mean, there's a whole different different. dynamic. Yeah. 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 But the bottom line is they didn't trust. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. All right. If we're demonstrating, if we are demonstrating evidence in our own lives of patiently relying and waiting on the Lord, um, this is a genuine indication that we are living by faith and are aligning our lives with God's perfect will. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really break that down. So, how do we know if we're we're relying upon God's? Well, we're patient, we're content, we're resting, we're not we're not anxiety. There's no anxiousness. Hmm. Um, we don't have chaos, right? I mean, you you have you ever met a chaotic person where everything is always crazy and everything is around? Yeah. Well, that's the person that's fully in control of their life. If you find people that are peaceful and there's 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 a, um, a gentleness and there's kindness and there's stuff around, that's a person that's patient. That's a person that's waiting on the Lord. But you could tell the difference. You know, there's there's just difference in it. But Isaiah 28, 16 says, he that believes shall not make haste. Paul quoted this verse in Romans 10, 11 and amplified it, its meaning. He says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Whenever we stop trusting and waiting on God, we start to make haste in the wrong direction. We end up being ashamed. We put our foot in our mouth. We say something dumb. We try to make it happen or we, we, whatever. And you're like, oh man, I wish I never did that or whatever. Right. Okay. Another thing that will happen when we were in God's perfect will is we will have a sense of joy and peace in our life. Romans 15, 13 says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing conflict may surround you, but you will have God's peace and joy within you. And this is kind of like what we were talking about this morning. I've been wrestling with God with a little bit of anxiety, with a little bit of uh, my flesh and um, there's something, certain um, aspects or things and circumstances that are happening in our life. And I'm trying, I'm wanting to control it. But as I work through this, I learned that, no, I need to cast all of my cares and burdens unto God. I need to trust in his word and his, in his truth. And I need to find rest there. And it's, and I do, and I find peace, but it doesn't mean it goes away. It doesn't mean I'm not going to deal with it again tomorrow or in a few hours. It's it's a daily process. I have to constantly work through the Word of God. I have to constantly renew my mind. I have to constantly change my my thinking and my pattern and my negative thoughts. And I have to meditate on what is good and what is true, what is holy. And so 
that's kind of what it is. So it's, it's God sets us free from the worries and the fears, but it's not because we're not surrendering to him. It's not because we're not positioning ourselves to trust him. We have to do our part. And, and that's kind of the gist of this. I don't know. You know, the thing we were talking about this morning, I think goes along the same lines is, you know, knowing the difference is the, the chaos in order. You know, our God is a God of order. If things are like chaotic all around us, that means the very good sign that we're not living in the will of God. We're not walking in the 100%. will of God. 100%. Yeah. All right. In verses one through four, Sarah knew she was incapable of bearing a child, but that her husband was still capable. God had specifically named Abraham as the father, but he had not yet identified the mother. Logically, it would be Abraham's wife, right? But perhaps God had other plans. So we see here that Sarah was second-guessing God. This is a very dangerous thing to do. Amen. And it's and and this is go back to the fact. So like, well, if he didn't tell her specifically, you can't blame her for doing this, right? Yes, you can. But here's the reason. When God shares stuff with us, we are to wait upon him until he shares the next steps. I always say this. If I don't know, I don't go. I say this constantly. If I don't know, I don't go. I will be still, I will wait, I will not do anything until I know that I know what my next step is. And it doesn't mean I always am perfect at that, but I've really made this my practice. And so if that means that everything around me is going to fall away until God shows up, then in my ignorant and the limited understanding that I know, I'm going to wait upon God until I know. And he's going to have to manifest himself in such a way so that makes me understand. And it's and and people are like, well, that's really stupid and that's dumb. No, it's not. I know the voice of my God. That's the difference. I have intimacy with him. I've walked with him. He's so faithful. I know his voice for me. I knew what that still small voice. I know what I have to do. I have to remove the circumstance. I have to remove the obstacles. And I have to find myself alone with him in the intimacy and worship him. I know what my voice, the voice of the God says. And if I'm not hearing that. I'm not going anywhere. So, Pete, let me ask you this. You hear people say all the time, you have to step out on faith. How how do you reckon? Because people might be hearing you say what you just said and think, well, he's not moving until he knows exactly where he's yeah. going. Explain the difference between that and stepping out. And so there's there's making it happen, God's permissiveville, and allowing God to, to make it happen. And so that's the difference. So God shares something with me. And I know that I'm supposed to do something, but now what's my next step? My next step is I need to worship God. What did Jesus do? Jesus, every single day, went to be with the Father. What was he doing? He was saying, God, I, me and the Father are one. And so he's being one with the Father. And as the Father was leading, God, Jesus adjusted his life. He went by his day. All of a sudden, he saw a blind man, beggar, over to the side. Jesus stopped, adjusted his life, dealt with that because he saw the Father doing his work. He was just being aligned with whatever the Father was doing. Same thing with us. We can't get outside of what the Father's doing in that moment. We want to make things happen. We want to do what, what Sarah did. We want to say, here, this is what I see. Here's the, what God says. Here's what we're supposed to do, and let's do it. But that's not what God's perfect will is. God's perfect will is based off of what he says. If we don't know, we don't go. We have to hear. The faith part comes when God shows up, boom, immediately we need to react. I do this in my own life. When when I'm doing with stuff, my wife knows this, probably drives her nuts, but this is the way it is. If God says something, I'm stopping everything. 
everything. I am adjusting my life in that moment. We're changing everything. It doesn't matter what it is. We're changing it to align ourselves with God. And, and that's just what happens. I mean, that's where it is. I don't wait. And so, but that's what I'm saying. I know, like the other day, I was just sharing you when God told me that he trusts me. Remember, we're talking about the traveling and so forth, that he trusts me. I know for a fact it was God's voice to me. I know my God. I know what he sounds like. It's because I have a relationship and intimacy with him. And when he speaks, I know it. And he brought nothing but encouragement. He humbled me and brought me to tears because it just showed that he loves me and that he cares for me. And so for me to do things outside of that perfect will is stupid. And it's just good. And I know, and you know, that when we're in permissive will, we're just dealing with problems and it's not fun. So anyway. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, but let's go this. But the bottom line is Romans 10, 17 says that the true faith is based on the word of God. So everything you just heard me say is based off the word of God. It's not on wisdom of man. Sarah was not concerned about the glory of God. Her only goal was that I may obtain a child. Mm -hmm. Maybe she would dis- she, she was disappointed with God and even blaming God. She said in verse two, the Lord has restrained me from bearing a child. So she's blaming mad, God. Blaming at God. Yep. Satan probably was whispering to her that God is holding out on her. He might say, if God loves you, then things would be different. How many times has God said that to us? You know, if God loves you, why is this happening? If God loves you, why is that happening? You have to get past the noise. You have to find yourself in the, with the word of God and in, in, in quietness with him and listen to him. And if you don't know, don't go. You have to be still in his presence in order to hear his voice. So, so good. All right. When you follow the wisdom of the world, you will end up warring like the world does. Of all fights, family fights are the most painful and most difficult to settle. Had Hagar maintained the attitude of a servant, things may have been different, but she became proud and this irritated Sarah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing with any of us. When we want our way, we have a problem. Whenever we are trying to get it our way, I mean, with our spouses, I mean, we're talking about family here, our kids or so forth. It's, it's how are we approaching it? Are we approaching it with a dogmatic mentality? Are we approaching it with contempt, like it says here? Are we approaching it with there's there's animosity, there's bitterness, there's hate, there's there's vile in our voice? We're going to have a problem. There's going to be issues, right? We're going to have fight. We're going to have strife. That's what happened. If she would have said, Lord, I surrender this to you and you've created me and I'm content. You've created me as a servant. This is my role. I'm going to glorify you in my role and I'm going to continue to serve Sarah and Abraham. I'm going to turn you to create peace and make peace and love and so forth. There wouldn't have been a problem, but she didn't choose that. She, she brought content. It's, this is my baby. You can't have a baby. This is my time. You can't have that. And she's like, I'm better than you. You sure. this and so pride, forth. Pride was welling up. She's like, well, I gave Abraham a son. Yeah. I'm kind of and, and there and, and Sarah's like, well, I'm the one that has all the money. I'm the one that's, that's that lets you have this. Right. I'm the one that did that. And so how dare you? And I'm going to make your life miserable. You think you can... Dude, welcome to the world ways of life, right? <laughs> so it's, it's, we have to work this out. And God tells us to daily surrender our lives to him, daily walk in his word, daily see people from his perspective, daily trust him with your life, rest in your moment, rest, be still, allow the spirit of God to minister to you, to find joy in you. If you are wrestling with this and you're fighting it, 
and you go out and act upon it, you're going to face consequences in without God. So Paul asked in Galatians 3.3, 3, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? That's the question. So if God saved you and he began the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? Are you going to work this out? Are you going to figure this out? No, you can't. You're not smart enough, right? You have to understand. You have to trust and rely upon God's word. That's what Paul's saying. We see this illustrated in Abraham's home. He and Sarah had begun in the spirit when they put their faith in the Lord, but now they had turned to the flesh for help. And some of the works of the flesh were starting to appear. Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar were at war with one another because of their selfish desires. They were also at war with God's perfect will. If they wanted to be free from this conflict, the first thing they should be, should have done is surrender their will to God and repent and confess their sins. That's what they should have done. If we have a problem, it's because we have a problem with God. Mm. That's the issue. Yep. It's because we're not we're not surrendering his perfect will. We're still walking in our own will and we're wanting his permissive will to follow us. It will. He will continue to bless us. But he's not going to engage with us, and he's not going to have intimacy with us if we're not having a repentant heart. We have to repent. If we don't do that, we're going to have we're going to have war all around us. There's going to be conflict. Hmm. And so, this is a powerful message for people. People, this is. I pray that you listen to this again. Really listen to what's being said, and look look within your heart right now, and ask yourself: Are you? Walking in God and surrender to Him, or you in God's permissive will and fighting against Him and trying to take control of things. Yeah. So, all right, great lesson. All right, let's continue reading um, verses seven through sixteen in Genesis sixteen. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur, and he said, "Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going?" She said, "I am fleeing from my my mistress Sarai." The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. In other words, there's going to be a lot of them. Yep. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael. Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction, he shall be a wild donkey of a man. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a compliment. His hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. Sounds like he, Donald Trump. <laughs> he shall dwell over against all his kingsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly, here I, here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called, um, I'm going to try this, Bir Lahola Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Barad. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham, or Abram, was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. That's all. Did you get all that? Yeah. But I let me go back to Donald Trump. It's not that we're for Donald Trump or against Donald Trump. I'm just saying that if you look at his... No, you just called him a donkey. Yeah, if you look at his actions and some of the things that he says, and I'll say the same thing with Biden or whoever else, <laughs> I'm just calling out what I see. So the truth is, you can't deny that some things are said that probably shouldn't be said by both sides. So anyway, politics sucks. All right, moving on. Statement six. Yeah, no politics today. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> James 4, 1 through 10 explains why Christians fight and how Christians can be at peace. Our battles among ourselves are caused because we obey our three enemies. You know what those are, Pete? Yep. The world, yep. 
the flesh, and Satan. Yep. Some people call him the devil. Yeah. How can we expect to be at peace with God and each other if we are living with the enemy? No, for the enemy. Wasn't that an enemy? That was a movie, wasn't it? Yeah. So that's I mean, why I said it wrong. Yeah. So how can we expect <laughs> to be at peace with God and each other if we're living for the enemy? There you go. So if you're living in the world, yep. the world standards, world system, world economics, by the flesh, you're living in the flesh, wanting it my way, how I feel, what I think. Or living for the devil is he says, hey, this is you should go do this evil. And you're like, yeah, I should go do that evil. So you're living for the devil. I mean, there's how do you expect to have peace with God? I mean, truthfully. Well, what okay. if I, well, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with it? Well, yeah. Well, until you surrender, you're not going to have peace with God. You're going to have enmity. You're going to have issues and chaos. So, But you can't. So in order for there to be peace, Hagar had to submit to God. This is the moral of the story. This is the first appearance in scripture of the angel of the Lord, who in generally identified as Jesus himself. So we would call this a Christophany. So, um, and we know this is God because uh, we're going to talk about this is because um, Hagar suggested and said that he's God. So in verse 10, the angel promised to do what only Jesus or only God can do. And in verse 13, Hagar called the angel God. So these pre-incarnation visits of Jesus to earth were to meet special needs and to accomplish special tasks. He showed Hagar grace and love. Romans 2.4, it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm. And so here's Hagar running for her life, getting out of there, upset. The, the whole situation has turned fire. It's bad. And she wants none of it. And she's going to do it her way, right? And in God's goodness, he met her along the way where she was he met her yeah and he showed up and he showed her gentleness and kindness and love and he gave her promises and he says here this is what i'm gonna do i'm not gonna leave you i'm not gonna forsake you i'm gonna actually bless you and i'm gonna i'm gonna spell it out i'm gonna share exactly what's going to happen and we're gonna get into that a little bit more here but yeah god's goodness it reminds I mean, me of the of paul's story he meets he's like going to damascus and boom jesus shows up cool I have so many stories and I, we don't have time to talk about them now, but where I, I was in my flesh or being stupid and God showed up and humbled me and is like, Oh Lord, you're so good. I don't deserve this. You're so good. Hagar didn't deserve this, but God is so good. And he came up. So, Amen. All right. The angel called her, called her, I mean, meaning Hagar, yeah. Sarah's maid, which suggests that God did not accept her marriage to Abraham. Yeah, it's the only thing we can think of. So remember I told you back then, yeah. like, wait, you so yeah, yeah, said yeah. wife, right? She, yep. she called her wife. But here's the angel of the Lord saying, he did not say your husband. Yeah. He did not say it. He said maid. Sarah's maid. He put it in context. So that here's God saying this. So he's put it in context. So what this is saying is that marriage, I did not anoint. I did not supply that. I did not say okay to that. So this is making it overly yeah, obvious like, here. It's like Sarah was saying that to kind of justify what they were trying oh, to yeah. do. Oh, yeah. The guy's like, mm, no, no, not so fast, my oh, friend. Yep. Yeah, all right. Um, apparently, Hagar was on her way back to Egypt when she met the angel, but God told her to return to Abraham's camp and submit herself to Sarah. My guess is this would have taken a great deal of faith on Hagar's part because Sarah had mistreated her and she just may do it again. Yeah, I mean, how many times has God asked you to humble yourself to somebody? You're like, I don't want to, right? No, I don't want to do that. I don't that. want to go do that. <laughs> I mean, even like you telling the story this morning with your daughter and having to, you know, asking for forgiveness and repenting and telling her that wasn't the right way to handle something. That happens every day in our life. Yep. 
And it's hard to do that. Even to our kids or to our spouse, it's hard to submit and humble yourself. But if you want peace in the home, and you want to have order and you want to have it right, you, we need to humble ourselves in, in this concept, but for sure. But whenever, whenever God talks with us, he always gives us an assurance or promise. God told Hagar she was pregnant with a son and she was to call him Ishmael. In verse 12, God even told her how he would live his life as a wild donkey, which is not a very flattering description. It identified with the wilderness where he would live by his skill and, in, and as an archer. It also revealed his independent nature. But God also told Hagar he would be hated by man and have hostility towards his brothers. This goes to the history of the long hostility the Jews and the Arabs have had. Hmm. So everybody asks, well, when did it all started? That's when it started. It's right there. And he's God basically was telling Hagar and prophesied that this is what's going to happen in the future. So, so Ishmael is the father of the, 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 Arabs. the Arab, Arab nations. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, she's from Egypt. Right. So right. That's the Egyptian. So that's that's where this all started is in Egypt. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So Hagar's wilderness experience brought her face to face with God at the well. He taught her some important truths about him. She learned that he is the living God who sees us and hears our cries when we are hurt. The name of the well um, that the name of the well was named the one who lives and sees me. How cool is that? It is cool. Yeah. So, I couldn't pronounce the name of it. Yeah. So she said right there, it says the one who lives and sees me is that's what she named that. Well, so our God is a personal God concerned about abused people and unborn babies. That's, I mean, if you want to get a context, there it is. He Boom. cares about abused people and unborn babies. He knows the future and cares for those who will trust him. Hagar did return and submit herself to Sarah. My guess is she apologized for being arrogant, for despising her mistress, and, <clears throat> and for running away. She trusted God to protect her and her son and to care for them in the years to come. We never solve life's problems by running away. How many times do we want to, right? Sure. Don't want to get out of here. I'm done. I can't handle this anymore. Whatever. We never solve life's problems by running away. But when we submit to God and trust him to work things out for our good and his glory, that's when peace and joy comes in, is when we let God be God. So that's kind Surrender of what's happening. To him. That's it. Not only did Hagar have to submit to God, but so did Sarah and Abraham. Right. People don't realize that. In order for there to be peace, to have two tango, there has to be <laughs> there has to be submitting on both sides, right? Uh, two tango. That's what got him in trouble to begin with, Pete. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sarah had to accept Hagar back in and Abraham had to acknowledge Ishmael and had to be obediently and had to obediently give him the name God had appointed to him through Hagar. I mean, think about that. So he took away his naming rights. All right. Yeah. Think about that. So Abraham had to accept the word that she was saying as from God. So he had to humble himself yeah. to that point. And so he did that. And then Sarah, like, she probably like, I don't want her back. I don't, I don't know. But she had to say, all right, I have to humble myself. I have to accept her back. And then for them to have, and there was, I mean, there was, I think that's the end of it at that moment. They were able to work together and, and function again. So both, all of them had to humble themselves. But in order for there to be perfect peace, all parties have to surrender their wills unto God. Both Abraham and Sarah had to learn to live with their mistakes. Bottom line. God's perfect will came through Isaac, but God's permissive will came through Ishmael. God used both actions to fulfill his greater purpose. 
Abraham knew Ishmael would not be a permanent part of the covenant family. This was part of the consequences he had to endure because of his actions. Ishmael did not give Abraham and Sarah any problems until Isaac came along in Genesis 21. We will always reap what we sow. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that. So when we get into Genesis 21, we're going to see where these issues come from Ishmael. But that never had to happen. If they were walking in God's perfect will, they would not have this conflict that is happening today. It would have been done with, but that's not what happened. We can thank them. Yeah, thank okay. you, Sarah and Abraham. <laughs> All right, finally, Satan wants us to think that our disobedience must become our permanent road, but that is a lie. Yeah, so how many times have you heard somebody say, I can't change, this is just who I am? Yeah. You know, All I, the time. God would never love me for what I've done, how bad I've made it. If you only knew the things I've done. Right. Yeah. If I were to correct my course now, I would have to change my whole life. A lot of people don't correct their course course because they don't want to change their whole life. They like what they're in. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have to, I would never change my job because I'm being paid so much. Well, maybe God's telling you to change your job because that job is not taking you to where you need to be. Maybe that's spiritually dead and corrupt and whatever. Um, well, does that mean I have to divorce my wife? No, that doesn't mean you divorce your wife because it's bad. That's running. What you need to do, though, is elevate her above yourself. And what you need to do is wash your feet, and you need to sacrifice and submit under God and submit her to under God and to love her as Christ loved the church. That's what you need to do. You, you, take, you take the responsibility. You don't, you don't just go the certain way that you're going because you think that's where you're supposed to go. You need to change course and some, I, I, I wrote a book called Conquers Through Surrender. And in that book, I talked about minor adjustments and major adjustments, minor adjustments in your daily life. I have to make a minor adjustment. So I'm looking, I'm seeing what God's doing. I adjust my life. I follow him. Major adjustments are, man, I need to change my complete lifestyle. I need to change the music I listen to. I need to change where I'm living. I need to change, uh, completely alter everything to get outside of, what my path was taking me. And, and a lot of times people won't do that. You know, I've, I've shared with you, you need to leave your job. That job is the problem. You know, you need to stop it. And, and if it's causing issues or things in your life, you need to stop and be within God. You need to be still in his presence because that is where the, all the problems that's happening, remove the cancer, remove that, make the major adjustment and now wait and trust in the Lord. So people, whatever reason, they believe the lie and they continue to the path and they can never have intimacy with the father. They're going to live in the permissive will. They're going to face the consequences. They're going to continue down that path and they're going to continue to have a, a chaos, bitterness, uh, whatever else, because they're not listening to God and they need to make that adjustment. So anyway, so like Abraham and Sarah, we can confess our sins, accept God's cleansing and then learn to live with our mistakes. But yes, there will be pain and regret, but God's grace will overcome in the end. George Morrison once said, the victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. Every day we have to have a new beginning. Every day. It's, I always tell people, if I can, for whatever reason, wake up on the wrong side of the bed and I just want to sin and I'm just being stupid and at three o'clock in the afternoon, I realize this is really dumb. I got to stop this. And I repent immediately I have fellowship with the Father. But when I'm living my life my way, I'm, I'm disconnecting myself from the Father. But I, he never leaves me nor forsakes me. He's always there. So, so this, the point of this whole thing is, 
Have God with you 24-7. Stop trying to wrestle against your own flesh and trying to do it your permissive will. Just let him be God and walk faithfully with him. Have constant peace, have constant joy, have the, the power and the authority of God for you and, and to get away from you know walking in the flesh. So that's kind of the moral of the story. Thoughts? You know, what just struck me is I, I think so many of us are waiting to die to go to heaven. And God's like, no, you can live heaven now. You just... Listen to me, follow yeah. me, live in his perfect will, and heaven comes here. It's now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like, but during the journey, the process, it takes time for us to learn this. And I think that's what George Morrison was saying is the victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. It's It doesn't sometimes just happen all at once. I'm going to still make mistakes. I'm still going to have bad habits, right? That's the reason why I wrote Keys to Being Set Free, is to help people unlearn these bad habits, unlearn these hangups that you realize you never had. You had no idea you had shame and regret in your life until you work it out. And so that's the same thing. It, it's a process. And so every day is a new beginning. It's kind of like Lamentations, it says, his mercies are new each morning, right? Yeah. That's kind of what George is saying there, I yep. think. Yeah, like, it's just, true. Just start over. Yep. Start over. Yep. All right. So anybody that's listening today, you want to start over, you can. And and it's and it's like right now. So as I was just sharing that story, right now is your 3 p.m. Right now, you just say, God, you know what? I want to walk with you. I want to worship you. I want to serve you. I'm going to surrender to you. I want to walk in your perfect will. I no longer want to walk in the permissive will. I want to be still and near you and know you. And if that's you, just repent and just say, God, I want to do that now. And just cry out to him. Just talk to him. But there's many that are listening today, and they might have never given their life to the Lord. And if that's you, you can give your life to the Lord right now. It's very simple. The Bible says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord, and that you believe that he died on the cross and rose again for your salvation, the Bible says that you can then have fellowship and a relationship with him and have eternal life. And, and it's that easy. You just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I choose today to follow you and to serve you. I, I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. I believe that you did that so that I can rose again, that I can have eternal life and live with you for all eternity. And, and if you said that and you believe that in your heart, the Bible then says that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. They're having a party right now for you. And then Jesus gives us another command right after that. If you did do that, the Bible says, now go and confess me before other people. Because if you confess him before men, he too will confess you before the Father in heaven. But if you continue to deny him before man, then he's going to deny you before the Father in heaven. So if it's a real, true confession of faith and you really gave your life, go tell somebody more than anything else. Tell us, let us know if you gave your life to the Lord, reach out to us. Uh, Bob, how could they get a hold of us? Yeah, Pete, great question. Go to our website, the riotpodcast.com. Um, there's a, a reach out to contact us page. Scroll down there, fill that out. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also go to our, any of our social media sites, uh, Facebook, um, X, which is formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, if, if you're, if you're only listening to the podcast, you're missing out on an opportunity to see Pete's amazing hair on YouTube. So check out YouTube and you can comment there. We would we would love to hear from you. But uh, any of those places, all of those places, make sure that uh, you reach out to us and share it with somebody you know. 
Um, send the, send the podcast to somebody say, you know, what, keep it simple. Just be, Hey, I, I was listening to these crazy guys. I think you might enjoy it. Check, you know, and check it out. So anything like that would also uh, be a great benefit, but we would love to hear from you. So, uh, Pete, another amazing show. Yeah, Looking forward show. to next week. Um, next week will be the, the Super Bowl show. No, we're not going to talk about Super Bowl no. again, but, uh, uh, it's going to be fun. And, uh, Pete, I just, uh, just always enjoy this time together with yeah. you. And I hope our listeners are enjoying, yeah. uh, as, as we're learning, um, I hope they're learning as yeah. well. Amen. Be blessed to everyone. This has been the riot podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the riot podcast.